hey, we just want to give you a heads up that this episode is about sex and about purity culture. And some of the things that we talk about might be triggering to you. Also, probably not appropriate content for kids. So use your earbuds. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody, this is Beth. And Jamie. And we're the geriatric millennials, two youngish, oldish ladies reliving our 90s love antics. No, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's kind of weird. We're talking about young love back in our back in our day um, when we were experiencing kind of just coming into womanhood because yeah. it's February and it's the time to think about these things. <laughs> well, at least that's what all the stores are telling you. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, I kind of love it though. Do you? mm, Let me take that back. I like Valentine's Day candies. Oh yeah. What's your favorite? Um, Right now I'm liking, um, I like gummies mainly. So are there certain special Valentine's gummies? They're just in different packaging. Those are available all year long. They just have pink packaging and you know, (laughs) I'm all about that pink tax. So yeah. That's so funny. Anyway. Do you like the little hearts with the messages on them? Um, sometimes. Like I, I have to be to. in the right mood. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd have like a couple and be like, I'm good. I'm good. Are you a big chocolate fan? No. You know what? I'm not I'm really not a big either. Chocolate. Like what? I like so I like um like chocolate that maybe has mint in it or something like that. But like I've gotten so many truffles and chocolates and different things. I mean, I just have so many suitors. Um, but it's, do you? Is that where you're getting them from? No, I'm getting them from coworkers. Uh, but it's just like I know you I, have you have uh, you have I a have, candy jar. I you have, have three candy I have jars. Three candy jars in my house, and you would think like, oh, she's just eating candy all day long. No, those are for guests so that they get eaten. I already had one. I I take them to work to hand out. Um, give them back to the people. Give that them gave back them to the people that gave me because I just am not a huge. <laughs> you're like, no thanks. I don't want to eat the chocolate. chocolate. You know what's interesting? One of my kids loves dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loves dark chocolate. Real dark. I mean, mm-hmm. he would, he's like, like a 90%. Oh gosh. Like almost a bit like Baker's chocolate. Almost. Right. Ugh. And he loves it. And you know what? I'm just, I've never really been a fan. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I will still eat yes. it. And I like it in certain things. Yeah. Me but too. But if I have a choice at the grocery store for a dessert, I don't go chocolate first. What do you do first? I do a pastry. Mm. And usually it's not even a super sweet pastry. It's like a croissant or something like a Danish. Oh, what nice. Extra- I'm, I'm going to go for I'm going to go with the gummy candies. Oh, yeah. Gummy candies are <laughs> next level. OK. So, so anyway, when you were younger, were you ever wooed by somebody with candy? With No, not by, with candy. Like Mm-mm. nobody ever brought you candies or anything? No. I have. Oh, my gosh. You? I, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> they did not woo this girl. I'm hard to woo. Uh, but I've gotten some candies before. Like one guy got got me candies, but I didn't know him very well. And he like kind of stalked me and I was like, sir, not appropriate, but thank you for the candy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a different era. Like, and I remember, so this guy was like really after me when I was in college, but at the time it's like, I was coming off of like just horrible, like purity culture dogma and awfulness. So it's like, yeah, like I could not even, I could not even, accept him i couldn't even see him as a man almost because you're like i don't want to marry you so go away from me exactly and it's like i already had i I already had someone else in my heart dick you lust you know what it's the biggest con that i ever fell for oh my gosh we need to talk about this because i know exactly what you're talking about and i feel like it heavily influenced 
all of my choices. Yes. In a very crucial and critical period of time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I would say negatively, at least for me. (laughs) I would say... Uh, I mean, I would say overall, it worked it out for been, you. It could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse. But I do see lasting effects from it even now. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of my friends' lives, mm-hmm. I I just kind of shake my head like, dang. Yeah. So what are we actually talking about? Let's, let's, let's. Well, I think sing. it's to do a, a deep dive and well, not a deep dive. I think it's fair to just kind of look back shallow and dive. see let's a, do a, shallow a, a, dive. a shallow dive into our purity culture experience. Like, I think it was a couple years ago, I read this book called Pure um, by Linda K. Klein, and it rocked my freaking world. I have not read that. It's like, it's really good. And I feel like, especially for girls that were coming of age in the early to like early 90s to like early 2000s, there was a huge movement in American churches for purity culture and purity balls and, you know, pledging Did you just your purity, say purity balls. Ball, yes. <laughs> But they oh, did. you mean like the balls they, where like you go dances? Dance. Yes, oh. not okay. Dirty minds. <laughs> no, I, but just, even that, just saying dirty minds. That's to a holdover. A purity ball. But I, yeah. Oh my. Okay, so yeah. I just googled. Yes. Purity culture definition. Okay, what is it? Purity culture was built on an established religious ethic, sexual abstinence until marriage, but it came to encompass a subculture in American evangelical Christianity centered around maintaining quote unquote sexual purity. Mm-hmm. During this period, a prolific industry of purity-themed Bibles, rallies, and books emerged. Yeah, but that was so real. Like, here's the kicker for me, is I didn't grow up in the church like that. Like, I was out of church by, like, they weren't even talking about that yet. And so all of my purity culture BS that kind of got thrusted on me, which... Another... Yes. What? Um, There's going to be so many of so those. Many those. <laughs> but it was really because I started hanging out with all these like LDS kids, all these Mormon kids. And that was a huge part of their culture. Yeah. And then in my early 20s, I was hanging out with like some super evangelical people. Yeah. And it was just like, it was really, it could just kept getting drilled into me yeah. until I started just buying into all of it. Purity culture promoted abstaining from sex until marriage and in some cases, discouraging dating. Okay, did you read I Kissed Dating Goodbye? By Joshua Harris. So I gave that book out to some of my students in the early 2000s. Of course I feel horrible. I read it. I I read one called I Gave Dating a Chance, which is very similar. Oh. Well, the whole premise is like, don't date anyone unless you're going to get married to them. Yes. And you need to court and whatever that is. And, you know, basically, if you kiss a guy... Mm-hmm. You're like chewed up chewing gum and you've oh been gosh. like used. And so you're damaged goods forevermore. And you need to preserve your gum in the wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. Until it, your wedding night. Yeah. When you give the gift of your virginity and purity to your husband, which is so gross. Okay. So, so let I me just see. Okay. So I think this is coming. This is coming after the 60s and 70s free love movement. The whole epidemic with AIDS and all of that is all kind of played into it. But I think that the evangelical Christian world just like kind of took that and ran with it. And just it just became such a focus as a young person, like as a teen growing up, because I was a teenager in the Mm -hmm. 90s. And I at that time was living in a very small Mennonite community, which was Mm -hmm. very religious. Mm -hmm. But it was all I mean, that's just been a part of their kind of religion and culture for a long time. 
anyways. And then and then moving back to Canada mm-hmm. uh, when I was 16, there was just so much. And then actually even into my early 20s, there was just so much messaging of trying to like keep yourself pure, like whatever that means yeah. and saving. And it, so I don't gross. think that there's anything necessarily wrong with waiting until you get married if that's your choice. Yeah. But there was so much shame and so ninety-five percent on women. She, absolutely. Like, and oh, oh, by the way, it's also your fault. Like, yeah. if you if you if, do anything yeah, with a boy, yep. like it's based on all like how you dress yep. and uh how you act, what you say. I mean, just like all the anyway, music you listen to. The, there's a lot the way you move your body at the social in seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. It was so much. It was like I just like if you first of all, if you didn't get raised in that culture, congratulations. Yeah, you probably have a healthier, healthier relationship with sex and relationships. Uh, but if you if you're not aware, like it was a it had a vice grip on American like Christian culture. I was terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, like what? Like I I was so I was super scared mm. of sex. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was really scared that like I would like that it would ruin my life. That it would mm. absolutely ruin my life if I had sex. Yeah. I had like a dare mentality. Remember in dare, they'd be like, oh, if you smoke marijuana once, you're going to end up doing heroin. Yeah. yeah you, become, I always thought, you become a drug addict on the street. Yeah. I always thought, oh, if I indulge in this, I'm going to become a prostitute, a prostitute. <laughs> or like a, a, you know, a sex worker, you know, mm-hmm. um, which are all like, there's, there's valid reasons people do those things. So I'm not trying to like diss it but it's just like it was like a like oh you're gonna be you're going you're gonna be a harlot yes it's gonna take oh my gosh i watched this part of me really wanted that though i remember watching this (laughs) lifetime drama and it's about this very cookie cutter all-american girl and she gets in a car accident and she gets brain damage and it affects the like um the pleasure area of her brain and the impulse control and so all of a sudden she's just like having affairs with everybody like and I was just like oh my gosh and they're like they figured out what's going on and they were trying to get her help I'm like that's like I would I think love to do that you're like I think I think I'm already there I, did I was I in a car accident yeah. <laughs> it's just like that sounds amazing just affairs <laughs> with everybody like it was I was like okay but but it you know it was just for me like the purity culture stuff really came in to play when I was like 17 to like 23 which, Which is when like, your hormones are raging. Are raging and when you should be having the most fun ever. Like Slash sex? Is that what you mean? I mean, I'm just saying you're never going to be younger. You're never going to be more flexible. <laughs> you're never going to be like more taut. You know what I mean? True like, that. Like, you know, like or never be less. I don't know. I feel like when you're younger too, it's a lot of times it's like you're, you know, like as you get older, things just shift and change. They do. We'll talk about and, that eventually. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. I was just like, but I was so in this culture around me that was like, you know, in order to have a good husband that wants you, you, you have to be a virgin when you get married. I remember I was sitting in class and um, I was with, with these two guys and they were not part of that culture. They were like getting down and busy, but we were friends and cool and stuff. And I was like, I remember just looking at them like so like open and honest and I was like wait you guys don't want to like marry a virgin like you're not you don't care about that like no and I was just like it blew my mind Mm -hmm. because I kept being told like the only way you're gonna get a good husband the only way that you're going to like Mm -hmm. have a good life basically and the only way that you're quote-unquote worthy is to like be as pure as possible to be the least touched Mm -hmm. and like Jamie said before like with the the bubble gum that was like a really big like um 
um, what is that called? Metaphor or whatever, mm-hmm. where they'd say like, oh, look at this piece of chewing gum. And they put it in their mouth, like the pastor, the youth pastor, and they chew it up and like, who wants to chew it after me? And they're like, this is like, if you go and have sex with someone, like nobody wants to like have sex with someone after somebody else has already had sex with them. Right, right. And I'm like, that is a lie. Yeah. Lots of people would love <laughs> to have sex with you after someone else had sex with you. But it was just like, it was, it just broke it's, my heart. Well, it is, it's damaging in a lot of ways. And then having that, you know, and then if you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, making sure that, you know, there's a, some kind of line that you don't cross mm-hmm. and then feeling so guilty and so horrible if you even come close to that line mm-hmm. or cross that line and and just all of the associations with that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, okay, so in my experience, I mean, I've gotten married, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden that switch is supposed to flip. Oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden overnight, literally, yeah. everything is okay. And not even that, you're supposed to be a sex kitten. Like you're supposed to be like, does that, you know, like. And like having to like shut that down and <sighs> avoid it and turn it off for so like in every single situation mm-hmm. until all of a sudden, like now everything is okay. And like, that yeah. was a shift for me yeah. to just feel, it was weird. It was like, wait, uh, like I wasn't sure how to even embrace that. And mm-hmm. I just didn't. I didn't, there was so much I didn't know, mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. I didn't know. And, and I know I'm not alone in that. Mm-mm. And so, yeah, I don't think it's the great, greatest, uh, no, or healthiest message. I do think that there can, can be some foundational truths that m- maybe are underneath that, like the purpose of that, like wanting and the intention of like wanting, uh, young people, so to speak, to, take things a little more seriously and take care of their body and make sure that you're, I mean, I don't know what those yeah. intentions were. Is that, was it that, or was it control? Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it was control. Like that's where, that's when I remember it just felt like, especially men trying to control how women use their bodies. Well, and it was also like a, cause the author of I Kiss Dating Goodbye was a young Mm-hmm. Like teenage cute boy. Yep. Okay. And well, his name was Joshua Harris, and he came back years later and like apologized, apologized for all that crap. I heard an interview with him, and I'm pretty sure he got divorced. Yeah. Um. The the other factor, at least with him too, is like this was a money maker. Mm-hmm. Like there were tons of books and tons of conferences and tons of programs you could purchase for your church, and you could get special rings and just different things. And so, I mean, I feel like control. I feel like power, I feel like money, all of that played into that whole kitten caboodle. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying. And it, well, there was a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to know, number one, to get married mm-hmm. and number two, to know what per- kind of person you wanted to marry before you even had any experience dating or yeah. getting to know anyone. Yeah. Like don't get to know anyone, but then pick the person you're going to marry and then only get to know them and then marry them. Like yeah. That isn't it's a great weird. strategy. Yeah. Like it, it isn't. And then also, if you're dating someone and you're attracted to them, clearly, obviously, if you're a human being, you're going to want to have sex with them. But you can't do that until you're married. So there's a lot of pressure to get married young and quick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that you could have guilt-free sex. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, this is horrible. But like in the LDS community, I was 
very closely involved with that community for a lot of years. And like, I just remember there was like the rings you could wear. And like, I just remember like, I wasn't even a Mormon, but I was like, I remember talking to my college roommate and she had a boyfriend, like they all had boyfriends and they all were experimenting. I'm like, no, I'm saving myself. Like, I'm not even going to take off this ring until I get married and blah, blah, blah. It was so delusional. And then fast forward, like I'm on TikTok now and they're talking about, you know, all of these crazy antics that quote unquote supposedly are happening at like, BYU and stuff where like kids are soaking. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. It's basically where you, he, the guy inserts his penis into the vagina, but there's no pumping. And so. <laughs> What's the point? Because they want to have sex and they're not allowed to. So they've come up with all these, supposedly they've Ways come up with all these. do g- it, but not do yeah, it. Yeah. Like arm putting, putting penises in armpits and just doing things that are like, you know, or I remember for a while, this was even back in my day, like anal sex became a huge thing because it didn't count, supposedly. Wow. And I was just like, dang. There was there was also this mentality of self-righteousness. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm better. Oh, yeah. So I'm better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm better than you. Like if you're having sex, if you're then and I'm not, I'm better. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like what is up with that? It's so frustrating. In this book, Pure, she talks about all of these topics. And the thing that hit me is the amount of women that are in their like mid, mid thirties to like mid forties that have just been living with guilt and shame and legitimate like sexual problems Mm -hmm. with not being able to even like engage in healthy intercourse because of all of the stigma that was drilled in for years. And it's just so freaking sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like another sad thing. Oh my gosh. Do you remember like reclaiming or get becoming re-virginized? Do you remember that no. process? What? Oh the my F? gosh. So if you had had sex, you know, you'd, you've stumbled onto somebody's wiener and, <laughs> and <laughs> indulged in, you know, sexual sin. There was this whole thing of like, oh, you can pray and pray and pray and God's going to restore your virginity. <laughs> what? I don't, I'm like, I, I could be misremembering, but I feel like I remember this girl talking about how someone regrew their hymen. And I'm like, and I just remember being like, miseducation happening. So much. And I just remember like, okay, Beth, you've committed to these people and like being in this culture. You're just going to just. Sounds like a cult culture. It it is though. The cult of of purity, you know, because it's, it's not based in truth. Like what is virginity? What is purity? What, who's to say where the line is? You know, it's made up. Yeah. Like it's not a scientific thing of like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's just messed up. So It is messed up. And so anyway, there's this lady that I have found on Instagram that I follow that talks about this mm-hmm. a lot. And I've learned a lot from her and I really respect her and appreciate her. And a lot of her content is kind of funny, mm-hmm. but she is a sex therapist and she has like her focus is helping people kind of get over mm, this mm-hmm. and work through the issues yeah. that they have as a result of growing up through in in this purity culture. And uh, her name is I think you gave me this lady's. I think I follow she's her. So good. Her, her newsletter. Name, yeah, it's Dr. Celeste Holbrook. Yes. Yeah. So she's good. a sex educator, and she just she has a lot of really great content in mm-hmm. my opinion and from my perspective. And I know like this isn't this is a sensitive and it's a personal. Uh, oh, absolutely. Topic. And I I feel like I'm still processing kind of like what I believe and what I want to teach my kids mm-hmm. about sex. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like it's as black and white as I was taught. And I want I want to um kind of figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it's a 
process for me. And I'm still in that process. I read a really good book recently. I think I told you, I think I told all of you, Come As You Are. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great book. It is a great book. And I think everyone should read it, male or female. Yes. um, Because of the science and of how women's bodies work and Mm -hmm. what is normal, which Mm -hmm. is basically all of us are normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyway, I feel like there are some resources available now that can be really helpful and that have helped me. But I still feel like it's a process and it's a journey and I'm still kind of coming out of that mentality in a way. Mm -hmm. And I need to determine like and spend more time kind of thinking it through. I mean, I don't know if I have mentioned this on our podcast before, but I did become a pure romance consultant for a period (laughs) in my life. Uh, Somewhat recently, it was in the last few years. And I learned a ton by doing that. And I talked to so many women because I would do these parties and I would have all these products that were um, bath and body, but also like bedroom, like toys and vibrators Mm -hmm. and couples things and like uh, lubricants and just like all kinds of stuff like that, that really opened up a conversation for women about Mm -hmm. sex and about their bodies and about, it was, I really found it to be a, a great um, role for me yeah. because um, I would do like one-on-one after I, we would do a party and I would do a presentation. People would come in one-on-one and ask questions and order whatever they wanted to order. And um, I don't know, I, I think through that, I think that helped me and kind of broadened my mind a little bit too. Well, I remember when you were starting that part of your goal of that wasn't just to sell sex toys and lube. No, you really were doing it as a way to educate women, specifically women it yes. seemed like a specifically Christian women that had, or women that were very, I don't want to say sheltered, but had been in this world where yes. personal pleasure and just sex in general is not talked about. Yes. Well, okay. So and just like, educating. Absolutely. And my very, I was kind of nervous because here I am coming out of purity culture. I'm like, who am I to do this? But I, I feel like there is a need for that for for women and we need safe places. And Mm -hmm. I will just say that the very first party that I did, I hosted it myself at my house, invited people that I knew. One of the girls, when it was like one-on-one time was like, I am so glad you're doing this because I was married for three years before Mm -hmm. I ever had an orgasm. Oh my gosh. And I know (laughs) you should see Beth's face right now. (laughs) And, uh, and she didn't talk to anybody about it. Mm -hmm. She didn't know. And they like, there was a lot of things available to them, mm-hmm. but they just didn't know Yeah, that could have helped and would have um, improved and made their sex life a lot more satisfying for her. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, I, it's a huge topic. And again, it can be triggering for people too. just like, Oh yeah, I'm sure that there's going to be people listening to this, to us talk about this and they're going to be like, Whoa, what? Like too much, turn too it much, off. Yeah. Or <laughs> yep. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Or, or be offended or not mm-hmm. like whatever. But I think, I think it's a good thing to talk about. And like, that's our generation. Like you and me lived this and we are not alone. Well, and I feel like it's the millennials, like, I don't know, calling is to like heal like generational trauma. And I feel like this is a generational trauma thing where it's like, you know, I remember the stories my mom told, she was not giving healthy sexual education, you know, mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine what my grandma was taught. So I just feel like the more we can embrace and learn, the better. Like when I was in youth ministry, it was always tricky because I think it's weird that the church takes it upon themselves to talk about sex and relationships, but they do. I remember when I very, very started 
first started uh, ministry, I wanted to just really help girls navigate becoming women in the church. And it was, I was kind of on both sides of the fence because part of me was like, when I grew up, I wanted to be a sex therapist. Like that's all I wanted to be. Like I would, I don't I, think I knew that. Oh yeah. Like I remember- I think you'd be good at that. Oh my gosh. It'd be, yes. Um, it's I remember, not too late. It, uh, I feel so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember going into like the counselor's office and somebody's asked like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, oh, a sex therapist. And I mean, I was reading books. I mean, I went, when I was like 10, I was going to the library and checking out all of the books about your body that you could mm-hmm. and learning stuff. And I remember always teaching my friends fun facts and I knew about every <laughs> sexually transmitted disease. And like, I knew about, I remember one time I had this girl stop me in the bowling alley and she's like, oh my gosh. Um, at the time, like biggest virgin out there. And this girl stopped. She's like, okay, we were having sex and the condom broke. Like, what should I do? I'm like, here's what you're going to do. And I gave her the list of what to do after the fact. And I was like, how do I even know this? But I was really studying it. Yeah. And so when I, when I first wanted to go into youth ministry, the big thing I wanted to do was just help girls navigate that. Cause I felt like I got bad information and anyway. And so, um, it started off, it was okay. And then later on, it's like, I just didn't, it was like so annoying to talk about that stuff just because you have to be so careful. Yeah. Um, my last run at youth ministry, so this last church I was at, I remember we just did one, I, I would mention stuff here and there, but I probably annoyed people because like, I remember we'd go to these youth conferences and there was like, so I was a female youth minister. I'm black. I'm kind of short. I'm chubby. I don't look like what a cool youth minister should look like in many ways. Like, so when I look around our town, it's a you lot. You don't of, look like a male hipster. Yeah. With a guitar. <laughs> right. And a but goatee. It's, but it's like, that was the vibe. It was just very like, like I remember going to one of these events with my students. And, you know, I had all of these like young men in my group and it was just like crazy. And I went and looked and like the guys that are talking are like in skinny jeans and really great sneakers and the n- newest phone. And like, they just look cool. And I'm just like, I'm not about to do that. You're getting what you get. You don't a fit over here. (laughs) But I remember we went to one of these and they were talking about sex and it was like, there was a bunch of different topics. And so I had adult leaders with me. I'm like, okay, you go to that one and this one. And like, so we can make sure they're not saying anything too crazy. Cause sometimes you take kids to events and you don't know. It's risky. And then you're like, they Oops. just told them that, oh, you're all going to hell if you like touch your peppy. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it didn't happen there. But like a little bit later on, we were talking about sex and it was like, I'll never forget. Like we did, we used a video series, which I didn't love, but it wasn't too offensive. It wasn't too, it wasn't too like conservative Um, because I'm always really honest with my students. Like, I I think you should wait. My, my thing was, I think you should wait till you're in a healthy relationship. That's was always my biggest thing. You get to decide when that is. Um, And I had this kid, he's in middle school and he looks at me like, he's like, Beth, how old do you think we should be when we have sex? And I was like, first of all, sir, please do not put me on the spot like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, secondly, my instant was like, not right now. You're yeah. in seventh grade. <laughs> and I was just like, and we just talked about like when you're in a healthy, committed relationship, whatever that looks like, you know, and we would talk about if you're too embarrassed to like buy condoms and like deal with it, you're probably not ready, you know, just yeah. you, you got to be able to deal. So it was really slippery and it was really hard for me to like, I always had to be really careful to make sure I didn't slip back into purity culture of BS mm-hmm. with my students and I could be open and honest with them um, as much as they, when when they were coming to me about questions, mm-hmm. um, like when it were, as it relates to like your faith walk and stuff. But, oh my gosh, those were such awkward conversations. I believe you. Good I times. believe you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I, I do like talking about it um, because this is reality and, yeah. and, I'm curious how many people who are listening to this can relate and who yeah. 
what their experiences were because there's so many layers to this. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I know people that had a really hard time afterwards because they got married because Mm -hmm. they wanted to have sex, but then sex wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. And then just it was kind of a letdown Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but like, but then you're stuck, you know, or Mm -hmm. um, just, just a lack of education of, of, sex too and like yeah are, are, anyway there's just there's there's, there's so many lot. things there's so, there so many, many things, things. And, and like i remember talking to a girl who who was dealing with the feelings of like i'm kind of touched on earlier about having so much guilt and shame associated with sex before marriage mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that's just supposed to disappear mm-hmm. after you say i do and it doesn't mm-hmm. And then how do you move forward and how do you stop feeling so guilty and so much guilt and shame around yeah. sex even like it's just well here's here's one thing too that always kicked it always was such a a mind tri- trip to me is that you know there's this huge emphasis especially for girls and to guys some to some effect to some I'm sorry to some to, degree yeah to guys to some degree too and it was just like you know don't have sex when you're in high school like be careful you know don't blah, blah, blah. and then they go to college and nobody says anything and it's another one of those times where the floodgates open mm-hmm. you know like the expectation is now that you're not being quote unquote pure and it's like but you haven't practiced like how to have those types of relationships you haven't practiced like you know some of the like saying no and like fig- figuring out where your boundaries are or whatever until you're in situations and so it's just like it's just like dang we really set up our youth horribly in yeah. many ways mm-hmm. um or at least we did back in the back in the day i feel like today's kids have it it's just different well and it depends it depends on it depends on the family the home yeah, yeah and parents and all of that so but at least you have access like most kids if they really wanted to learn i mean obviously they have access to like well we've, we are in the day of the internet yes now. <laughs> but it's like which I is mean, also scary yeah but like back in our day because we're you know we're geriatric over here um you know you had to go to the library yeah. And there was guilt and shame in that because yeah. it was like, oh, hey, hey, librarian, um, I need to know the Dewey Decibel system and um, where where's sexual human human sexuality, please? You know, it's just like very <laughs> in the card catalog type of thing. Where now it's like any kid could look up to like, oh, I have a growth, or oh, yeah. what is this discharge, or oh, yeah. is it normal too? And yeah. at least you can get some information. So yeah. anyway, I'm just glad that like I. I know now like that purity culture did affect me mm-hmm. and that there's ways to like counter counteract that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <sighs> Everybody just needs to go get some. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Beth. But there yeah. is, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think it is com- complicated. Yeah. And I think that um, you can swing a little far the other direction, like in Heck going. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good thing or a healthy thing either, because yeah. there's a lot of risks. There's a lot of emotion, health, all kinds of things that are associated and that are a part of a sexual experience yeah. that it's that I think um, should influence your choices. Yeah. It's just a big topic, man. I know. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's enough for now, though. Yeah. Because if it's not, we're going to get too graphic and we're going to get banned. So... <laughs> Thank you for listening. Let us know what your, if you want to, what your experience you was let us know. in purity culture. Because I think I would be so curious to talk to people that didn't grow up in that because the majority of my mm-hmm. friends did. Yeah. 
that I have now that I would talk to that I know of, but I'm making a lot of new friends. So I am going to start asking. Yeah. Can you tell me about your experience with um, sex growing up? That's so awkward. I know. I'm not at that level yet with some of my new friends, but maybe I'll get there. I love it. Dinner party games. (laughs) Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast and would like to support our show, you can share episodes with your friends and family. Follow us on Instagram at the Geriatric Millennials or leave us a positive review and rating, all which help us to grow. Our theme music was created by the Finley Ghost. So check out their latest album now. Thank you so much.